0: Welcome to the Reaching the World Bible Church podcast. This is Pastor Henry and Ella Looney. Our prayer is that you enjoy the word for today. Do
1: you see Jesus? So good to see our college people here. <laughs> Praise the Lord! Good to see our brother here, brother. We're glad you're here today. Everybody said, let us go around the room. No, we just say, we're glad to see everybody here today. You don't want to be like we were in scoops at present? <laughs> Isn't that right, Jesus? God is good, and he's here today. But do you see Jesus? Our sermon highlights God has left us a clear picture of Jesus in the Bible, and we must focus on the word to recognize him. Jeremiah 29, 13 NIV said, you will seek me and find me, excuse me, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. How many of you are looking for Jesus today? Amen. Amen. I had, as far as my first outline said, a picture speaks a thousand words. And if you can see that, you can see there's a book and there's there are words there, but sometimes a picture will paint a, 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 a story for you and it'll speak a thousand words. And we love pictures. How many of y'all know we love pictures? Phone pictures, y'all just click, click, click. We just take a picture of everything. The dog's moving, the children are breathing loud. Let me take a picture. In fact, it says that if you got 50 gigabytes, you can have room for 25,000 pictures. Anybody got that many? I have quite a few, but I don't think I've made it there. But when it comes to pictures in our phone, we can delete unnecessary or duplicate photos sometimes in life it's necessary to delete some pictures because there are some pictures that the enemy has painted of you and i that we don't want to show anybody aren't you glad that that god said he throws it in the sea of forgetfulness amen so we see that uh the enemy though He will like for you to keep unnecessary pictures. And there's some things that he will do, and he'll just bring it to your mind over and over. I'm here to tell you today, delete that picture. Don't let the enemy live rent free in your brain. I said every other thought. There he is. Want to bring it up. Bring it up. I tell you what, God wants you to delete some pictures. But the pictures that we'll be talking about today, we, we will have somewhat of a documentary uh, album of pictures, excuse me, that have been painted by different artists, artists to depict the life of Jesus. And so we recognize Jesus, though, by what's written. But we'll have pictures that can remind us of those pictures. Jesus Christ recognized himself in the word of God. And today, I pray to other the ones that we have, we not, uh, we're going to share some things, but I want you to recognize your part in the picture. Amen? We go through personal pictures. Now, when I was growing up, tell you the truth, Sister Helen, we didn't have cameras like people have. <laughs> How many of y'all remember Polaroids? How many of y'all know Polaroids fade? And don't let them get near Marsh or Ranga. We had that kind of house. Most of the Polaroids that we did have, they were demolished, brother. <laughs> but even in some of the pictures that we had, you don't recognize yourself. Now, I, I think about Pastor Henry's family. They got volumes of pictures. Y'all remember when we had one, one church, uh, it must have been the an anniversary, we, they had four or five volumes of pictures and that wasn't all of them. I'm not talking about pictures on the phone, I'm talking about somebody in their family had a camera and they took pictures, I mean volumes of pictures. And, and it's good to have those. Back in the day, you know, we lived long enough to see the hairstyles come back. <laughs> Y'all remember now your afro picture look like you you, 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 you carrot in that right past the Henry. But you will not recognize it as being him because his afro were way over yonder. So sometimes pictures, we like them and sometimes we don't. You know, when we go to take pictures now, we'll say, Tall people get to the back, short people get to the front. And I tell you what, if you're kind of heavy like me, you don't get on that front row. You have learned not to look straight at the camera. You learn to do this and do the side. Amen. We want to look good in the picture, so you get in between somebody else bigger than you and that, that going to part of you, God. Amen. Y'all trying to act like y'all don't do it. The skinny people don't have to do it. Praise God. But if we, we have it, we ain't getting up on the front and we're going to turn to the side, so make room. <laughs> Amen. So we, we got different poses of the picture. In the, in the Bible, we see Jesus in the New Testament. And there are many pictures. And that's our first outline, Jesus in the, in the New Testament. And in Luke 2, 7 NIV, and she, so she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped them in clothes and placed them in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. We all are familiar with this picture. How many of us love that little baby in the manger? You know, ain't nobody seen him. Nobody was there to take a real picture. But we have a picture because the artists have rendered this. So when we say Christmas, you see manger. Huh? So we got our nativity scene. And we said that now in Luke 2, 42, through 45 NIV, he said when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival, according to the custom. I want you to notice something. 12 years have passed and we had haven't got a picture in between. They're kind of like Easter voga there. <laughs> he said, what happened to them children? I don't know. Anyway, anyway, from the time we see the manger picture, we see the 12-year-old now, and after the festival was over, his parents were returning home and the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem but they were unaware of it thinking he was in their company they traveled on for a day then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends when they did not find him they went back to Jerusalem to look for him and there's that nice picture of a little 12 year old we we see a 12 year old there in in the temple and and, and, and learning but you know I wish they would have taken a picture of Mary and Joseph's face and they realized they lost the son ago <laughs> I wouldn't want to be on I wouldn't I, I maybe get, get back don't take a picture of this because the look on their face could not have been photo ready but we see a picture of that God left us there we came all the way from birth to 12 years old and now here in matthew 14 25-27 niv it says "Shortly before dawn jesus went out to them walking on the lake when the disciples saw him walking on the lake they were terrified it's a ghost and they said and cried out in fear but jesus immediately said to them take courage it is i don't be afraid now, I talked about that 12-year-old, and you know something about that number 12 must have been real good with the Lord, because, see, he, he had the Jesus to choose 12 disciples, and then you had the 12 tribes of Israel, and so something must have been really significant about that age, but here in Matthew, we find a grown-up Jesus, and, and, and then what happened is this, we see him with the disciples, and he's walking on water. How many of you are glad to see that picture? You see the miracles that was occurring. You see the power of God in his life. And and we see that him encouraging his disciples. And he said, take courage. I think this morning God is saying to every one of us, take courage. No matter what you're going through, take courage. And we like that picture. And we see that picture there depicted on the screen of him walking on water. I remember we went to the ocean one summer, and there was sand that went all the way out to the out to the ocean. You know how it sometimes can happen. You don't. It don't look like the waters out there. We make it look like you're walking on water. I told him, "Take a picture of this. Take a picture. <laughs> Want to look like I was walking on water?" <laughs> nah, I wasn't walking on water. But we see a picture of Jesus walking on water, and and we see the miracle that occurred. Mark eight twenty-two through 25 said they came to Bethsaida and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Once more Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. We can picture these things in our mind because these are the things that were left for us. One thing I've noticed, though with Jesus in the New Testament and, 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 and the, in the stories that were relayed about His life, Jesus Christ was a dependent. Can I say that again? I said, Jesus Christ was a dependent. Now we don't like that when it comes to people around us. I mean we tell children, you're not going to be a dependent. <laughs> huh? Now Jesus was a dependent all his life. Jesus Christ is saying in one instance, he said, I can do nothing more. He said, I can do nothing except what he tells me. And that's a whole other sermon that I will teach on that. Because being dependent on Jesus is how Jesus was dependent on God. He said, now I know he said to me, I want you to learn some more about this because, see, when you learn that dependency on me, and I believe he's saying that to the church also, when we get into a place of dependency on God, we will hear his voice louder than any other voice. It's the core of what Jesus and who he was in this earth. That's a picture that I see in the New Testament it, it, and all the things that went on, and how even up into the garden of Gethsemane, he said, not my will, but your will be done. A dependency. No, 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 we don't like that when we come to our children. We want to loosen. We want to cut the umbilical cord. We want to cut the strings. And you know, we we want them to just grow up. But Jesus was dependent on the Father. Amen. Amen. John 21, 25 NIV. John 21, 25 NIV said, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Isn't that a photo album? He kind of likes hearing him. (laughs) Hearing family got a lot of photos. And and you know, if, if the whole thing was written, what Jesus had done, it wouldn't be room enough for the books to be written. How many are you glad we serve a God like that? Because we'd have to get a picture of the woman at the well. We had to get a picture of, 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 of the woman with the issue of the blood, Nicodemus. We have to have a lot more pictures. But aren't you glad for the one that God has given us? The next picture I want you to see, though, is a picture of atonement. A picture of atonement. I looked at this picture and um, it's, I, I would name this picture if I had to name it the, a picture of two goats. <laughs> a picture of two goats. You said, Pastor Ella, what in the world does that have to do with me seeing Jesus? Well, you're going to have to know what went on and why this picture, you need to see Jesus in it because you're in it too. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all see the two goats in it? In Leviticus 16, 8 8 through 10 NIV, he said, he is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by lot as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. Scapegoat, how many of y'all are familiar with that term? For our young people, that means that one of the goats was set free and the other one was able to, excuse me, the scapegoat that went into the wilderness was the scapegoat, presented two live goats, and they laid hands on it and this was an Old Testament type and shadow a type and a shadow in the Bible is one that points to Jesus it's a picture so we see a picture here and it's a picture of Jesus purpose Amen. amen with a sin offering all the sins of the people were put on that goat that was that was to to, to 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 be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement and then let go as the scapegoat into the wilderness and and you know our sins were placed on Jesus. I remember there on the cross there when before they uh were going to crucify him and they had Barabbas. Y'all remember Barabbas, these thieves that's one of the thieves there. Well, well, they had a choice between choosing Jesus and the goat. Who was the goat? <laughs> Barabbas. And they what did they say about Jesus? Crucifying. Didn't they say crucifying? Do you see Jesus? And you know, we were there. And atonement, though, what does that word mean? Uh, you know, we, we had read there in Galatians 3.13 NIV it said Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hung on a pole, Hung hung on a tree. He redeemed us. He redeemed us how? By becoming sin. Jesus had never sinned, and he became sin. And there, with the word atonement, it says that it means to suffer the penalty for sin thereby removing the effects of sin from the repentant sinner and allowing him or her to be reconciled to god how many of you have been reconciled to god galatians three thirteen said christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for it is written everyone who curses everyone who hung on a pole. How many of you know he hung on that pole? I think that bears repeating. We need to know this morning when we do communion, we got to connect the dots to the picture. You got to realize that that atonement, that what? That sin that was on you. You said, well, I wasn't living back then. Oh, yeah, you were going to live. I and mean, He did it for the whole of mankind. And God, I mean, it was such a thing that he saw. We see that in the Old Testament, how God saw spiritually. If you can imagine the worst monster movie that you can think of I ever seen, all the sin of the whole world that had ever been, that ever was gonna be, was placed on Jesus, and and, and the Lord, he just couldn't look upon that. It was horrible. And it was every sickness and every disease, And, and I just want you to picture that, praise God, because see, You were part of that picture, and so was I. You know, if you had to have someone to sing a song that day, when Jesus won't, um, as far as the atonement, I believe Tasha Cobb's song, what I think is, Break Every Chain. He said that everything that would hold you down and hold you back, or the enemy would try to hold over you, the chain was broken. And Jesus Christ was the only one capable of carrying out the atonement for all mankind. Jesus bore our sins. He bore our pain. He bore our sickness. Amen. So see now, when we put on the cross, it's better to know it. Not just a a piece of jewelry, but you got to know the cross had a function. Jesus coming, and I love I love my cross. I put mine somewhere. You know how when you get a little older, you can put things up and hide it from yourself? I'm gonna run up on it. (laughs) It's like, okay, it's in the house somewhere. (laughs) But it's good to have, But, but we got to know the function. The function of what was going on, and we got to know that the blood that was shed on Calvary, while we have communion, is not just just juice. it's representing something great today. And, and you know the blood of Jesus and what it' done is more than something you can just shout out. We used to think we could come to church and just shout it out. Well, you go home and you still got your problem. <laughs> That's why you need the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus What? just one single drop of that blood was what? Able to heal a nation. Yeah. How many know our nation needs to be healed? Yeah. Praise God. In Hebrews ten four and uh, through 10, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. Amen. Jesus knew himself; he could see himself in the pictures of the types and shadows. There's no one else that ever lived that could fulfill all this the, at, at one time, born in a manger, a, 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 and that prophesied of him years before he was there. He said, "You put me in a body." He said, "With well, burnt offers and sin offerings, you are not pleased." Then I said, "Here am I." He's written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. There goes that dependence. There goes that obedience. I believe obedience is a key today. Amen. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire nor were you pleased with them, though they were often in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am, I'm come to do your will. He set aside his first to establish the second. Amen. And by that will you have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Those sacraments, those things they did in the Old Testament, they had, to keep, they had to have those two goats every year. Even the priest had to make sure he got clean before he even did something for you, which is a good idea today too, praise God. But you know, it was something that happened every year. All your sins had to be forgiven over and over again. But you know, when Jesus came, he said, we done finished this thing once and for all. Amen. Amen. I'm glad that Jesus came. I'm glad that we didn't have to bring in the cows. And, and well, they had, they had them goats and lambs and birds. and Man, what a mess that would have been on the carpet. <laughs> Pastor said, oh, eat in the sanctuary. By God, you'd have a mess in here then. Urshas, <laughs> y'all be cleaning up some stuff every Sunday. Amen. But I thank God for the blood of Jesus. He said that we had him. Who, who, we, we look at this picture, and God gave us that, and He blessed us, praise God. But this next picture, I asked the question who took that picture? That picture is a picture, you'll see it come up on the screen. I know you don't want to talk about this, but it's a serpent on a pole. You said, now, how in the world did that get in our nice photo album? Pastor Ellis should have deleted that one. It's just a picture. It's a picture of a snake on a pole. But we see this picture, and um, it don't really look like Jesus And when you're not looking for him to be in there. But uh, it said in John 3, 14 through 15, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. We hear in the New Testament and, and then and, and there we got John writing about this incident that happened, cause we, we have a picture of this there in the Old Testament. And when I ask who took this picture, well, God took this picture, amen. I say, God took this picture. And look at Numbers 21-4. Because in honor for John to write about it, he had to go back and look through the album at something. Praise God. He had to remind them of something as far as after Jesus had, had been placed on the cross. And we're going to follow this story a little closer. Because, see, sometimes we have pictures that, that this one here, it told a lot. You see, I don't like that picture. I don't like snakes, I don't like snakes either. You know, the only time we had, we lived in the country, and, and, and you know, the worst encounter I, th- I know that we ever had since then was when the snake got in the house. <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> that woke you up then. <laughs> and you know, it's funny how when something, when something get in the house like that, they'll say, oh, brother, you know what they say, it wasn't no bad one, it's just a red snake. But I ain't getting that close to find out. I hate they not rights people, but but even the green one, they got to go. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, it was one Sunday morning. Daddy got him, he shot him. <laughs> oh, he's gone. And you know, all the children had afros then because they were sweating at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we don't want to talk about snakes. When we see that snake on the pole. Numbers 21, four through nine says they of. Uh, the NIV, they traveled from Mount Hor along the rock to the Red Sea to go around Edom, but the people grew impatient along the way. One by one, 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 uh, verse, uh, 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 interpretation of that scripture say, they grew weary along the way. They had traveled, they had been in war, they had fought the Canaanites, and, and they, they won, but the wilderness was not easy. They had traveled and they spoke in verse five against Moses and they said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There's no bread, there's no water and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people and the men of Israelites died and the people came to Moses and said, we sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. We're gonna stop at this photo. This is like photo op because we see people grew impatient along the way. Huh? Sometimes when we get impatient, we'll be in a place where, we, you know, and when they, when they, they, they started to complain, said, we don't want the water, we ain't got nothing to eat, and, and we don't like that manna. You sit down every day. That manna, that miracle, that god is doing every day they said we don't we don't want it impatient of the long way they begin to despise what god had given them for their sustenance amen and then sometimes we can get to a place where we will complain that way when we despise when what god has given us somebody say amen Lose appetite for what God has given you, and what God has given you don't taste good when you get weary. Isn't that the truth? I said, we, 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 the God had given them the manner. where well, the shoes didn't get old, the clothes didn't get old, and, 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 and they were being fed every day. And yet they found something wrong with it found something wrong We got weary, started complaining. And, and they uh, had seen that um, it's pretty hard out here. And, uh, and, 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 you know, sometimes we like that. After three days, we don't want to eat the same food. <laughs> Some people say, I don't even want leftovers. <laughs> Come on now, let's stay spiritual. I'm just talking about human nature. Now, this banana from heaven. And, and and they ate that every day. And um, uh, but then um you said, Well, Lord, um you brought me these things, and um Lord, uh, I'm not sure how oh well, well this my appetite is gone from it. Amen. And there they were, and they spoke against Moses and really coming against God and God told them to build go ahead and um, you make this brass syrup bronze and say brass bronze anyway it speaks of judgment the children of Israel were leaving had left Egypt but Egypt was still in them it's one thing to have the wilderness on the outside but the wilderness can be on the inside of you amen Let me tell you something, on your way in the wilderness, you're going to deal with a lot of people and a lot of things. And when you go through those things, you got to know that in between where you started from until you get to your promised land, there will be things you deal with. Amen. Amen. I think the worst thing about going from where you've been to where your promised land is the uncertainty. They, they, they have this thing where you got children in the car when you're traveling. How many of y'all ever had that? And then they holler, are we there yet? <laughs> are, we, are we there? Sometimes I feel like that. I, I remember one year we went there to Oklahoma, and somehow we got on the scenic route. And we went through every little town between, oh, I tell you, we got one. <laughs> we went through every little town in the backwoods, and, and all I don't like could ask him, was, are we there yet? Because we got back in them woods, and I knew a bear might come out of them woods. Sometimes we ask God, oh, why aren't we there? Why am I not where I, I want it to be? And that uncertainty, praise God, is something that will make you weary in the wilderness. Sometimes, though, God has blessed us so that we, we, we just forget where we've where we been. <laughs> Amen. And the thing about it, we begin to sing some songs, and we we like them songs that say when we all get to heaven, we'll we'll sing and shout the victory, which is a good song. But God wants us to sing and shout now. Amen. 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 Don't put off. Let me say this. Quit putting off the victory, praise God, until you get to heaven. Some people are putting off their healing until I get to heaven. God wants you to be healed right now. Jesus Christ prayed this. That ain't something I came up with. He said, you pray, thy will be done. Where? On earth. As it is in heaven. Look at y'all. Come on now. <laughs> Come on, class. You, we got some class going on. <laughs> Amen. So why am I going to do what? And how my trumps. Contrary to what God says. sometimes you, you you believe stuff uh, just because that's how you heard it the thing is though If you believe that God brings things on you, you cannot use your faith to get rid of it Can I say that again if you believe God makes you sick? You're gonna say well, I need to keep this because I'm doing God a favor No, it's not doing God a favor. But if you believe that God brought it on you, you're not going to use your faith to get rid of it. Wilderness. How many of you want want to believe what God's saying? So they had been slaves for 400 years. And so they had a slave mentality. They had an identity crisis right there in the middle of the wilderness. They forgot what religion they did have. And being slaves had pulled it out of them. And and, and when you get under pressure, you have a tendency. Let's put it this way. We have a tendency to revert back to bad habits or ways or how we used to act. My, my, my. When you get under pressure, you know pastor talk about that toothpaste, what you squeeze will come out. But I tell you what, if you get under pressure, you don't want to have enough curse words in you, the curse don't bite out. <laughs> we'll move on from that, <laughs> amen. So, but when you under pressure, there will be wilderness areas in your life. I remember when we went to Bible school and right in the middle, of right in the middle of what we're doing, what God say do, there came a miscarriage. You say, well, right in the middle, you're doing your best you can. And, 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 the, and sometimes, though, when you're doing the best you can, it's when you face your hardest trials. What are you saying, Pastor Ella? You know, right there in, in those years, right there in that time when we're getting ready, preparing to come out for ministry, pioneering this for the church. I I remember my mom died at the age of 50. And and then I remember it would just seem like, like things were going boom. But then my daddy got sick and we had to come home and then I had that baby three months earlier, one pound, 13 ounces. And, 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 And there he was in the hospital three months. It was a wilderness. Amen. What are you saying to me this morning? You have to fight. Why are you weary. I said you have to fight while you're weary. When it looks like things are just not going well, when it looks like everything around you is falling down, you want everybody to act right, but you got to fight while you're weary. Sometimes in that time we look for somebody to blame. They blame Moses. Why did you bring us out here to die? Huh? Why did you bring us out here to die? Now we don't, uh, we don't have water, we don't have we got food, got that manna coming down. But why? God wants us to be grateful. Amen. Because, see, the manna was what was keeping them. Be grateful. What? Because God is working it out for me right now. It's not what I planned. But God has sustained me. Yes. Yes. How many of you know it's not what you're playing? You know, I, 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 this is my life story. Everything just running perfectly like I wanted it to be. I, I, every one of y'all wanted to be millionaires by now. <laughs> Class awake. <laughs> Everything ain't working out perfectly. Not what I planned. But I'll tell you what it could be worse. Look at your neighbor and say, it could be worse. See, when you get to that place where you can't praise God for now, you need to say it could be worse. Because if I ask somebody next to you to tell you their story or what they've been through, they may be going through worse. See, you got things you can choose, worse, better, or best. Most of us will love best. But what God wants us to do this morning is praise God for where you are. How I many can praise God for where you are right now? How I many can give glory to God? God, Lord, I thank you. It, 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 well, I remember when it was worse. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I can think about how, how God has brought me. I thank God for right now. Yes. Thank you. You're driving a better car, you live in a better house, you got better clothes, you're in your right mind. You walked in here, and even if you're sitting out there, and you if you on nine, you're alive. Amen. amen. When I think about where God had brought me from, I thank God for right now. Yes, He's a good God. And so, uh, the thing about these uh, people that when they got bit <laughs> bad enough, look at them said, bad enough, they repented. And, and 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 the thing about it, they, they repent and 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 if they hadn't repented, then. Then, well, if they hadn't done what they had done, there wouldn't have been any snakes. One thing, they've been in the wilderness that long. Snakes always live out there in the wilderness. But something about the power of God that kept the snakes away from them. So when you get into a place and, and what they did spoke against Moses and start the complaining, then, then they repented. How many of you know we know when we've done, done something wrong? And, you know, I thank God for them being able to repent. But what I really like is when Moses was a big enough person, somebody say, he was big enough to pray for him. Can I say that again? He was big enough to pray for him. Sometimes you'll say, not only will I not pray for you, I will not even speak to you anymore. <laughs> huh? Some people haven't spoke to folks in years then they're going to heaven in high, Lord, in high. I don't think so. But Moses was big enough to pray for them, and he didn't hold a grudge, because if you hold a grudge, it can keep you in the wilderness. So Moses prayed for them. What do you say? Would well, Moses change God. I'm telling you, the Bible said God is God, and he changed not. So, something else had to change. The people's position had to change. How I many know oh, we're in trouble today? And you say, I've been praying, praying God to just, just change, go change your mind about, uh uh-uh. uh. God wants you to change. Just like Hezekiah, when the prophet went to Hezekiah, told him, Hezekiah, You're going to die, get your house in order. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and he prayed. And God said, now <laughs> you're going to live 14 more years. Amen. Did God change? No, Hezekiah changed his position. Yeah, 15 more years he had, praise God. Yeah. Don't hold a grudge, praise God. It'll keep you in the wilderness. Yeah. So I don't care what people say. I don't care what people do. I'm not going to hold a grudge. You don't have time to carry that kind of luggage. Amen. So Moses beat the brass the snake. And, 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 and we see him, and this is a picture of what was done to Jesus on the cross. They beat him, they bruised him. He was wounded for our transgressions, and by his strikes, we were healed. So when you see that snake, you see a picture of what Jesus went through. And what Jesus had to go through this is that way back there in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve got in trouble with that snake. Y'all remember that snake in the garden? <laughs> Well, I tell you what, when it came down to this atonement, when it came down to this serpent on the pole, it took a snake for a snake. Amen. God said this. You know what's amazing is this. He didn't take the serpents away from the people, but he gave them an antidote. Some of you are waiting for God to remove the snakes in your life. What God told them and what we see in Scripture, he said, now, if you're bitten, then look upon the pole. <laughs> what am I saying? You're bitten this morning. Snakes. You got snakes all around you. you what I say? People, the things, situations that are nipping at you, banging you. And God said, if you've been bitten this morning and you're not feeling like you should, if you, you just keep your eyes on the pole what a picture of Jesus you know it would have been nice if he told him to told Moses you put a lamb on the pole uh, uh, you put you make this thing a go he said uh-uh you put a serpent on the pole why a lamb speaks of payment and a serpent speaks of penalty Jesus took the penalty for my sins and then when he told them, he said, y'all, look at it now. He said, I don't care if, you're, if your grandma getting bitten. I don't care who's screaming. I don't care what's going on around you. Uh, you got to realize this. This is a distraction that's come to your life today. Something that's distracting you today. And you got to realize, I can't allow the distraction well, of oh my body. The distraction of what's going on. Uh, breaking news cannot distract me. What's going on on the news? It can't distract me from what I believe in, God. He said, "Now you look on the pole." He didn't say, and that's why he told, he told Moses, "Put it way high up." <laughs> why? Because I want them to look up, and I don't want them to look down. If you're looking down this morning, you need to look up. Amen. You look up, because the devil wants you to look down. I said, the devil wants you to look down. And then he wants you to complain. And then he wants you to hate what God's doing in your life. He wants you to hate your daily miracle to keep you alive. That's the word of God. He wants you to complain, but he knows if you complain, you can't rain. You can't complain and rain at the same time. And you got to realize that snipers bring vipers. (laughs) Vipers bring vipers. How many of you want the Lord in your life today? So we see that God had a remedy. Hebrews 2 14 15 NIV says since the children have flesh and blood he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death that is the devil and free those all their lives that were held slavery by the fear of death the fear of death I dealt with that and I've seen that in my nursing career 44 years people uh, fear death When you say you got a phobia, when we say we have a phobia, I don't like high places, I don't like water, I don't well, I don't like snakes. Every one of these things could kill you. If you can't swim, you could die. If if, if you get bitten by a snake, you, you, you you could die. If you're in high places, you could die. So what you and I are really saying is you fear death. But he said by his wounds, you have been healed. Amen. He's a good God. Yeah. Himself bear our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you were healed. Yeah. That distraction that the enemy had. Tempted to think only of killing the snake. How I many you know the Lord didn't say, get you some sticks, Moses? You tell them get them some sticks, and you have five people to beat them. Why? Why? No, he didn't. He didn't say dude, He didn't say that, did you? How I many y'all? You'll keep a stick somewhere by knowing you're gonna be. You, if you get enough bravery to kill, him. he didn't say get some sticks and you kill the snake yourself. We spend our life trying to overcome sin and sickness on our own. When all we have to do is look at the tree, look on the pole, look at Jesus. I like this picture here. We have a picture there of Jesus on the cross. And that leads us up into what we're gonna be uh, doing here in just a few minutes. But how he was on that cross, but he came down. We weren't there, but we see that picture. We see us and ourselves nailed to that cross. Well, how do we do, how do we quit Looking and being distracted. Uh, In Hosea 6, 3, it said, Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sunrise he will appear, he will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. If you look for him, if you acknowledge him, how many of you know you got to start looking for Jesus in every picture? Snakes are here. I'm going to look to Jesus. Bills, I'm going to look to Jesus. Family, I'm going to look to Jesus. Why? Because he knew that, what, the snakes would be here, but he left us a remedy. Look away from the distraction. I said, look away from the distraction today. Amen. You can't afford to say, well, they could have said, I don't know uh, why why they got bit. And then they could have said, well, I wonder why they died. But do you know what? We got to be able to continue to look to Jesus. Amen. I looked at one other verse, and that verse was John 3.16 in the NIV. It said, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Nobody else could do what Jesus did. When we take chameleon, and I don't care how many times you take it, you need to look at that picture of what was done for you and I. You can't afford to glance at our surroundings. You know how sometimes you can glance? How I mean, you know, Let's glance around. You don't even have to move your head. They see you over there. <laughs> but you know, when you're following Jesus and, 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 you, and the things of God, sometimes you can't afford to glance at anything else. You got to gaze at Jesus. You got to believe, and that's what he said. He said that that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The only requirement that we have today is to believe. No other requirement. God knows what's best for me. He's the Lord over my life. And you know what? I thank God for the pictures I see spiritually and what God has done in my life. Still doing. You said, Pastor Elder, you got snakes around? Yes, sir. You just keep on going. (laughs) Glory be to God. (laughs) Amen. They're going to be there. Never did. He didn't take them out. He didn't take them out. But he gave them something. He gave them a remedy. And that was his son. And that's the same remedy we have today. Go ahead and stand up for a minute. Go ahead and stand up. Pastor's getting ready to do another thing here, the other part of the service. (coughs) But when we get ready for communion, we got to remember, I hung on that cross. Justified. I got justified. What? just as if I died, Jesus did it for me. That's shouting territory in you say, "Well, Pastor I don't know what we have to hear this thing about this next sermon." Well, you got to remember, because we come through COVID. <laughs> Amen. Never no, when you got to go through again, so you better have your ammunition ready. Keep our eyes on Jesus. That's what we do. Amen. 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 Praise God.
0: Praise God. Wasn't that a good word today? Thank God for the word. Amen. Thank God for the supernatural empowerment of His graces. And His mercies, and they're being renewed every morning. You're out there. You're in the E Church out there right now, and you realize, I need Jesus. I, you know, you may say, well, I, I, I once walked with Him, but, but, but I, I turned, I, I turned turn my back. I need Jesus. I need to know that I know that I know. Or you are out there, and you never made Him the Lord of your life, and, and you say, I declare. I want to declare right now that he's my Lord. So if you're in the E-Church, you're in the house today, and that's you, and you want to make things right with God, just raise your hand right where you are. Right where you are. Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand over there. Praise God. And I know I'm seeing hands all out in, in, in the E-Church right now. I want each of you to raise your hands, And those that maybe you should have, but you know you need Jesus. I want you to pray with me. And then I'm going to ask everyone to pray this prayer with me. And the only prerequisite for us to partake of these emblems is for us to make sure we're in right relationship with Christ. That's the reason we all need to pray this prayer. And Just ask God to forgive us. Just ask him to cleanse us. Just ask him to restore us. You, I mean, thank God but for folks having having uh, Damascus experiences. Where you, 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 but you don't have to jump in pews or anything. All you have to do is just acknowledge I need Jesus. So right now, I'm going to ask everyone if you raised your hand for sure, but or if you should have and you didn't for sure. But I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer, and then we're going to pray that prayer of restoration before we partake of the emblems. So everyone, repeat this prayer to me. Father God, right now, I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you paid the price. You died so I could have life and life eternal. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of my sins and cleansing me of all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord, for restoring me back into a right relationship with you I believe it I confess it I receive it right now I'm saved I'm in, and I'm in right standing with you right now in Jesus name now go ahead and throw both hands up and say thank you Jesus I'm right with God cause he's right with me Amen, amen. I tell you what. Go ahead and be seated. If you if you just prayed that prayer in each e church uh, as well, and you and the Bible says that that uh, God wants. Can't acknowledge us before God unless we acknowledge Him before mankind. Those are some of you raise your hands and you acknowledge Him before everyone in this room right now. And and those of you in, in the e church right now, you, you see those many books on, on the screen right now? They'll tell you what it is to be born again and what that means, what it is to be in Him and stay in Him, and what it is to be praying in His Spirit, why tongues, what that prayer language, and you can you can go ahead and scan that QR code and it'll take you to a video where I even Explain that further, and then it'll take you to a place. That, if you want to acknowledge that you're a part of the family of God, and that's the most important family that you can be a part of, is the family of God. And and, and when you, once you do that, you're in the right family, and no one can kick you out. Amen. Devil can't. Only one that can take you out is you, but you won't ever do it if you're in the house. Amen. And then thank God. And if you if you need a and every every Christian needs a church home of their own to where they can come and fellowship and have uh, uh, right uh, teaching and training and, 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 and be taught, but then be at, have a place to where they can serve, where you can serve God. Everyone needs to know that we're all here on service assignments that God has given us. And once you acknowledge that, and you do that, then you're going to grow spiritually. You're going to grow in the things of God.